we we lived across the street from a dildo factory this for the true. record a very high quality uh very anatomically correct dildo factory i was gonna say high quality high quality fair i, I always joke that i wanted it? to go i wanted to go jump i want to go into their dumpster and look for seconds but i never did that was sonia mansfield and david tracy i'm jeff and this is storied san francisco Every week on this podcast, you'll hear from designers, lawyers, bartenders, and other San Franciscans telling stories and trying to answer the question, what is it about this place? Welcome to part two of this special Valentine's Day episode. In part one, Sonia and David talked about meeting each other in 2008. In this podcast, they talk about moving in together, Sonia's cancer, and having a kid and making the conscious choice to raise him in the city. Here are Sonia and David. But uh, it's cottage industry. <laughs> it's a cottage industry. Yeah. There, there now it's condos like across do- the street, there was though. Also, like a dog obedience class or something, or like a like a pet training yeah. thing. There. Yeah. Yeah. So it's before it's before it got so built out with all those condos, and yeah. now, of course, like the Warriors. Which you Park. can, I just noticed the other day, you can see it from the freeway. Yeah. There's like, you can't even see AT&T or whatever the right. fuck they call it now. But you can see that right. thing. Yeah. That's yeah. going to be the worst thing ever, by the way. Yep. That is going to be so terrible. Yes. Let's build a, let's build a, uh, an arena between two hospitals yep. <laughs> with no way, wrong? no easy way to get to it. One of them a children's hospital. Yeah. yeah that's going to, that's going to be, that's going to, that's going to be great. Nothing could possibly go wrong with that neighborhood. Anyway, this is before all that. Yeah. So (laughs) we, so we moved in together, and I think we were together like a couple of months in that apartment, and I was diagnosed with breast cancer. Yay! That was fun, and I remember being really, really, really scared, and worried that like this was going to be too much and like David's going to bail and I'm going to have to like move home or something you know and which is ridiculous because like deep down I know David wouldn't bail but it's one of those like stupid things you think about when it's 3 a.m. and you're like I have cancer and what's the worst case scenario so these are the things I was thinking about and it's well, you guys really and it's, hadn't you hadn't known each other that long really. we hadn't I even mean, been together a year at that point okay. and we we're living together and and instead of like bailing, which obviously he was never going to do, David decides to double down and ask me to marry him. <laughs> like he didn't even know like I was getting ready to go in for a for a mastectomy, like a partial mastectomy to find out if the cancer had spread and before I even had that surgery, like David asked me to marry him. Awesome. And what did you say? I said no. <laughs> no. And now you guys are just really no, good I friends. Said yes. I was honored, still honored. So then I had to go through all of that and the cancer hadn't spread, but and David's an excellent nurse. Takes very good care. So I was I was a nurse Stimpy. Nurse Stimpy. I was a nurse Stimpy. <laughs> yeah. Something David likes to refer to a lot when we go through these situations. He's Nurse Stimpy. And you, but, you know, he takes it very seriously. Like, 
sets alarms and gets up and makes me take pain pills and things like that. He's very good at stuff like that. It was, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, the surgery is, uh, the recovery for it is pretty insane, actually. Not just, like, the pills, but, like, the all the other stuff you had to go through, like, the tubes. I mean, it's just, it's, uh, we even did, like, a live performance together with, like, crazy we're dressed up for Halloween. We're in Halloween costumes. Yes. We went to a Halloween party, and you're still like recovering from mastectomy. From a partial mastectomy. mastectomy, yeah. Like it was, it was a process. But we had yeah. an amazing support network and yeah. some amazing friends that brought us food and. Well, and I think to help us with Homer and everything. I think we always handle everything. Always, this it, <laughs> it happened again later breast cancer again you know with our son with all the things I think we always handle everything with like really good senses of humor and I think that's what like gets us through all those things like you know we we talked about this the other day the idea of um there's always like a we always presume positive intent. This is what I was talking about with you the other day. Like, I never think for a second that, like, David's trying to, like, fuck me over or, like, you know, like when he's, one like, day. you know, like. I'll get there. I'll get her one of these days. <laughs> You'll see. But you're the same way. Like, you don't ever think, like, oh, Sonia didn't put her mug in the sink because she's trying to fuck me over and make me, like, carry her mugs. Or, you know, just, like, the stupid little shit yeah. that you, like, get mad about right. or whatever. Like, I don't think we ever think that. I, I always assume, like, we're on the same side. I always assume positive intent. And I think that's one of the things that gets us through, like, some of our more stressful situations we've been in. Sure. That and getting shit done. And getting shit done. Getting shit done, yeah. And beer. And and beer. Beer Beer helps a lot. (laughs) It's such an easy, um, I don't know, it's it's so easy, like, in work or whatever to not, to, to get into a, a mindset or whatever that somebody did something intentionally or what, like... It's always a kind of a nice reminder that people have sort of the same goal and they're trying and they might not be doing it in a way that you like or I don't know. Like we've always, for us, it's always been kind of just a very easy, basic thing that was, we have the same intention. We're not trying to do anything crazy. But then we had a kid, and that changed everything. No, I was going to say, ruined. so, yeah, everything was like... Every man for himself yeah. in our house <laughs> yeah. now. No, so a couple, a couple years later... Yeah, so a couple years later... On our honeymoon. Not, not even a couple oh, years well. later, actually, on our honeymoon, uh, came back pregnant. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Whee! Uh, and that was amazing, and that's our son, Calvin, and that was in 2011. And He might be either Belgian or... French. We think French. We think French. Yeah, we can't figure it out. And not so not on the train, then. <laughs> Is that a channel baby? Yeah. No channel babies, no. Yeah, that was unexpected. That so, was but, unexpected. So, but you're pregnant. I mean, did you talk about it while you were pregnant or after about where you're going to raise this kid? Yeah, so there... Because... I mean, everyone we know that ever, like, had kids, they have a kid and they bail, right? They leave. They go to the East Bay. They go to Alameda or whatever. And that's fine. Like, by the way, all those places are awesome. I'm not shitting yes, on are. those places. Um, but 
we didn't want to do that and we weren't doing that right away anyway and like we found a really great place in Glen Park that we were renting with a really great landlord and so our plan was to stay for as long as we could stay and we just you know so we stayed there for we've been there now for almost eight years and but once again like before Calvin started kindergarten there was this kind of nagging feeling that we were like we have to get out of here we have to leave like San Francisco's awesome there's things about it that maybe not my favorite but I think San Francisco's awesome and I love being here love being here but one of the things about San Francisco is it's not like eh, maybe they're not down with kids like right. it's like not San Francisco's favorite thing, right? right? So, like, you walk into, like, a restaurant with a stroller and everyone gives you a dirty look. Or, you know, there was, like, a whole thing with, like, Dolores Park where, like, they were putting up this dog, like, a dog run. And they were going to put up a fence. And then everyone was bitching about, like, that they're putting up this fence to separate the dog run and the playground. And I was like, seriously, like, can we just... Can't we just agree that maybe the dogs don't go on the playground and the kids don't go in the dog thing? So a fence is totally fine. Let's just work on this together, you guys. And I, you know, I think it was you. You said to me, like, this isn't a thing in, like, New York where, like, the idea that, like, somehow kids aren't part of the city. And I'm like, this is life. People have fucking babies. Deal with it. And, right. like, I'm not saying, like, I go into a restaurant and let my kid trash the joint. And I'm like, ah, fuck <laughs> you guys. Yeah. And like, you know, run out or whatever. But, like, kids are a part of life. And they should be here, too. Mm-hmm. And there's room for everybody. And so we stayed. I do think New York is very, is more family friendly on the whole. Just because out of necessity. And it's a small island with millions of people and San Francisco is honestly pretty small for a city um, and that's not to say that parents pe- families d- definitely walk into restaurants and assume a lot and the kids are doing stupid shit and the parents are like ah kids or whatever like they're going to ruin everyone's experience so I think they kind of put a bad Noe Valley put a bad name on uh <laughs> On other families that are trying to just raise their kids. Fucking Noe Valley and all your Valley and your Noe. I, but like I, I totally get like the irritating parents and their kids scenario because I've been on the other side of the fence. But at the same time, we've definitely run into occasions where it's like, it's like we have this weird plague thing that we're walking in with, and because we have a kid and. We're walking in with a bomb strapped to our chest. Yeah. And we're like, he might go off at any minute. Yeah. Yay, this is fun. Like, we're the parents that, like, when we went on an air flight, we went on an airplane for the person that had to sit with us next to our kids. Like, wine is on, like, wine, beer, it's on us. We're yeah. treating you. We don't know what's going to happen here, but yeah. we're going to try and make it easy for everybody. <laughs> Grease the wheels like, a little you bit. Just have yeah. To, yeah, like you just have to be cognizant that there are people there that don't have kids, that don't necessarily like kids. And at the same time, it's the other way around, too, where like some people have kids and you can't control them sometimes and you just try to do sure. as best you can. Yeah. I think what you're saying is don't be shitty. Don't be shitty. Don't be shitty. But the, uh, That's the what Mr. Rogers used to say. 
exactly. Yeah, right. Don't be word. shitty. Fred like Rogers. But like people without quote, kids are shitty quote, in this city all the time. Sh- like, don't be shitty, Fred Rogers. Yeah. I'm going to get that poster. Right, people without kids are shitty also. Yes. I mean, it, all around. Could we all just yeah, not about, be shitty for a yeah, little while? And don't be judgmental. Like, just, yeah. there's babies. Yes. Deal with it. Well, and the San Francisco school district doesn't make it easy for parents to say right. to stay. It's a very intimidating process that like you hear horror stories about and you're like, Oh, I got to get the fuck out of San Francisco before our kids start school. Or we're going to have to like deal with this crazy system because it's not like, Oh, I'm just going to walk my kid over to the school and sign them up. Right. You have to do this whole process. That's very intimidating. And then, you know, um, our son is autistic. He has special needs and, to like navigate that system with that on top of it is very uh it can be very stressful but he's in school but he's ha- in school and how's he doing and he loves it and he loves it and he's Does and, he get and, and honestly san francisco's been awesome for calvin like born he, and raised what he's born, born and, and raised ra- he's he's a native he's received services since he's like two and a half through like things here in the city the school's been amazing they you know the he has like speech therapy in school he has people who work with him in the school for like occupational therapy you know things like that like that i don't know maybe he would get in other cities too uh woody david you're kind of the expert (laughs) he would well yeah i mean he would but i mean i think it's it's very easy to assume that th- because it's a city, the school district's going to suck 100% no matter what. And I think a lot of people make enough money here where they're like, nah, I'm just going to do private. Or if I don't get into these five schools out of 75 elementary schools that are in San Francisco, then screw it. We're going to do private school, which to me sucks. Yeah. And I mean, we had this spreadsheet. I toured all these different elementary schools and like... Tell them about the spreadsheet, the- though. There's yeah, let's a, hear about the he spreadsheet. He inherited the spreadsheet. I inherited a spreadsheet. There's a Google Sheet that's... There's probably multiple versions of the same Google Sheet that's all over... Parents are, like, passing the spreadsheet It gets passed around. around that has every school, what it's, like, good school, great schools rating is. For San Francisco. Yeah. For San Francisco. Okay. What its what its address is, how... You can type in, like, how far away it is from your house. It's, just, it's like a passed around resource because the whole lottery system is so hard. But... Like, every school I toured, like, they were on it. Like, the principals were on it. The parents were, like, dedicated and doing everything to make it, like, an actual decent education. And, like, I remember I toured a school. It was the day after Trump won. And it was like I was walking into... It was Sunnyside Elementary. It was like I was walking into a wake. Yeah. And I walked by a first-grade class. There's a school... There's a circle of students in a first-grade class, and they're, like, passing the stick around, talking about their feelings. Like, this one kid is like... My mom was really upset. She was crying, and I feel sad for her. And it's like... It was like this whole... And the principal was wearing these, like, the high Doc Martens on the school tour. And I said, I like that you're wearing Doc Martens. And she said, like, I feel like I need to wear them, like... My fighting shoes, like <laughs> my resistant, like that my resistant t- shoes a in a way. Day, yeah. And this is the principle of the school. Like that is so awesome. Like I feel like I'm in this bubble, and I, I don't want to leave it. Yeah, like, I like I, this bubble. 
Yeah, I like this bubble, and it's like this combined effort. And the thing that you notice is, as you get involved in the school system, like the parents, they know they're dealing with the district, but it's kind of a united front. And I feel like the teachers also recognize this. So I feel like people kind of give it a, they're not giving the community a chance, basically. Right. And for a lot of people, and we talk about like equity and special needs, you have to, because charter schools, private schools, they're not going to... They're not obligated to help your kid if they have any impairment of any kind. So it's... We've met other students in Calvin's class where their siblings will go to like a private school, but because that student has special needs, he goes to public school because a public school is required to help him, whereas a private school is not. So weird. Yeah, it's messed up. It is. But the you elementary also, school system, we've had an amazing experience. Yeah. You also mentioned that you see teachers that have mugs that say, like, love is love, love is, you know, black lives matter, like all these things that we really believe in. And to see it is like a school district mug, like a mug that, like, the school district gave them. It's not like, oh, they went to a craft fair and bought right. it. Yeah. Like, it was like an they went to Sebastopol mug that they have. Right. Yeah. It just sends this message of, that they and you're like, I want my kid there. Yeah, that's where I want my kid to yeah, go. Yeah, I was school. meeting with the principal, and he had a he had a, his coffee mug was like from the from the school district saying science is real, like believe women, Black Lives Matter, like all of these like, and that's from the school district. Yeah, it's like yeah, I can get behind all of this. Like we're in a good spot. Like if if we can raise our child in this sort of environment, then we're doing a we're doing the right thing. That was Sonia Mansfield and David Tracy. Check back next week when we'll hear from bartender Pete Spanier. Music for the podcast is by Otis McDonald. Film photography is by Michelle Kilfeder. Please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to stay up to date on everything we do. All past episodes are up on our website, storiedsf.com, and wherever you listen to podcasts. If that happens to be Apple Podcasts and you have a minute to spare, please rate and review the show for us. Send comments or suggestions to storiedsf at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.